Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. Welcome to First Baptist Church of Tryon. Thanks for joining us here on our YouTube channel to watch this week's sermon. I want to remind you that we also worship um, through Zoom, and we do that at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you look in the description link below, you'll see information about that and other opportunities together virtually. Also, I want to thank everyone who um, has taken the survey. It's just a short three-question survey that helps us understand um, some of your thinking as we begin to look forward and think about how we best um, worship and and be together in these strange times. So thanks to everyone who's done that. If you haven't done that yet, today's your last day. There's a link in the description below. Uh, the, The survey will end tonight at midnight. That'll be your last chance to take it. So we'd love to hear from you. This is the last parable sermon from Matthew 13. (laughs) We've been in Matthew 13 for a while, and it's been fun for me. I hope it's been fun for you. It it, it sounded like a great idea when I started this, thinking, all right, well, I'll just take this one text, and instead of trying to preach on four or five different parables at one time, I'll break them up. And that sounded sounded like a good idea to start with. (laughs) Maybe it's not, but anyway... This is our last uh, sermon from this little section of Matthew 13. And here, here's the scripture reading for today. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One impediment to understanding scripture is to think that we already understand scripture. Or to say it a different way, when you have heard certain parts of Scripture so many times, when you've heard a parable so many times, it's actually hard to hear it. Because when we read a parable and we already know what it means, we we mostly give up the possibility of hearing it fresh of hearing it new. 
So that's always a good exercise when you engage with scripture or any text for that matter. Try to set aside all the stuff you know about it and try to read it anew. And and in doing that, you, you open yourself up to a fresh encounter with the text and to a fresh encounter with the Spirit. Now, I'm not saying that we don't pay attention to what other people are saying about the text or that we don't pay attention to what those who've come before us say about the text because those are important voices. And the chances are, if I come up with something totally new, if I come up with a totally fresh interpretation of a, of a passage of Scripture, it's probably garbage. It's probably like a really bad interpretation, a really bad take. Because you see, the thing is, our tradition is so rich and deep the odds of me saying something new, the odds of you saying something new, is pretty remote. It's almost not possible. So let me frame it this way. You see, just because I haven't heard it before, just because you haven't heard it before, doesn't mean that it's new. Maybe new to us, but that doesn't mean that it's new. So much discovery is really self-discovery. Oh, it's been out there. Others were saying this. And we have this self-discovery and we think, oh, I've come up with a new. Nah, probably not. But, but anyway, there is that tension when you're reading scripture between opening yourself up to this possibility of like a fresh encounter, a fresh hearing, a new hearing. There's tension between that and remaining faithful to the text. And there should be tension between those two things. We're always looking for a new, fresh word, but we're doing that within the tradition instead of somewhere outside the tradition. And this can be especially tricky with parables. It can also be kind of fun. Public service announcement here. It is okay to have fun when you're reading scripture, when you're studying a text. I mean, you can't actually enjoy it. That doesn't make the experience somehow less sacred or meaningful. I mean, heaven forbid we actually enjoy Scripture. And the truth is, we really need those moments of joy because much of the time, studying Scripture is really hard work. And sometimes it's not a lot of fun. It can be pretty dense sometimes. And you can feel like you're banging your head against the wall and so when you get these moments of joy, when it's actually fun to sort of engage a text, celebrate that. <laughs> Don't feel bad about it. So anyway, here are these two parables. And, and these parables are both similar and dissimilar. And I think they're probably more similar than they are dissimilar, but I don't know. I think that's right. I could be wrong. It's a parable after all. And I'm going to begin with the last one first because I think I've read that somewhere about the last being first or something. So anyway, I think we should read this one first. Even though I just read it, I'm going to read it again so you can hear it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. For the record, people often say that the point of both of these parables is that the kingdom is the most valuable thing that we can imagine. 
And there's no price that is too great to acquire the kingdom. And so that's the similar reading of these texts, that they're both about that the kingdom is a valuable thing. And we use it as a model of discipleship. And we say, go and do likewise. Therefore, pursue the kingdom in this kind of way, knowing it's the most valuable thing you can get. No cost is too great. And that is good advice. But the text doesn't actually say go and do likewise. The text doesn't say that we are like a merchant. The text says this is what the kingdom's like. That the kingdom is like a merchant that is out there searching. And I think the kingdom is out there searching for us. Now, I want to be careful about that. I don't want this to go to your head and you get the big head and all that kind of thing. Uh, as if you're the most important pearl in the whole wide world. Don't, you know, don't go too far down that road. But, but the truth is, you are unique. Just like everyone else. <laughs> right? That's, you're unique, I'm unique, just like everyone else is unique. Or, or I've heard it said this way before too. You're one in a million. And on a planet with a population of more than 7 billion people, that means actually there's like 7,000 people just like you. <laughs> so the point of the parable is not narcissism. It's not that you are this, per this pearl of great price, that you are the best thing that God's ever made. That's not, that's not it. It's not the point. Even though I think if you want to kind of allegorize the parable, we are the pearl, it's not that we are the pearl of great price, though. It's the point is that God's love is enormous and relentless. And like this merchant, who was perhaps a shady character, because in Scripture, merchants are often shady characters. And this merchant sold everything he had because he had such a singular purpose. And it was to acquire this one pearl. And so he sold everything he had and acquired this one pearl. This is what the kingdom is like. This is the kind of love that God has for us. And it's not because it's not because we are such lovable people. I mean, occasionally we are, but sometimes not so lovable, right? It's not because we are so lovable that God is after us. You see, it's that God is love. And that's why God is after us. This hound of heaven pursues us not to devour us, but rather this hound of heaven pursues us to embrace us and to welcome us home. That's what the kingdom is like. And the kingdom is also like this. The kingdom is like a treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid, and then in his joy, he goes and sells. You, I don't know if you just heard that horn beep. That was kind of loud. <laughs> don't these people know I'm trying to preach a sermon back here in the woods, and they should quit beeping horns as they go by on the road over there? All right, I'll read that part again. It is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. And then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys the field. Now, to be honest, this image isn't all that shocking. 
it's not a real stretch, I think, to say that the kingdom is like treasure hidden in a field. Because here's the hard truth. Here's the honest truth. That's often how life feels. I haven't found any hidden treasure. I mean, this treasure must be really hidden because I haven't found it. When my dad was young, he loved to look for arrowheads. And um, when I was younger, he would take me from time to time to look for arrowheads. And we'd find some, and that was really cool. But we never found any that were so great that we went home and sold everything we had so we could come back and buy the field in which we were hunting the arrowheads. And in many ways, I think this is how life is. We look and we look and we look and we search and we search and we search and we, we do not find. And sometimes life is one disappointment after another, one hurt after another. There is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I've checked. haven't actually ever found the end of the rainbow, but I tried a couple of times, right? And it's not there. And maybe you're wondering, I think you are. I know you have it sometime, and I think we all do from time to time. You're wondering, is there, is there really this kingdom of heaven? <laughs> I haven't found it yet. It's hidden out in this field, and I haven't found it. I mean, is, is it really true? Is God really loving and good and faithful? I mean, is there even a God? Be honest. These are questions that we all have. Uh, the band U2 had an extremely popular song back in the 80s. The title of it was, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. And whenever I read this parable about hidden treasure, I think about some of the lyrics to this song, especially as the song gets near the end. Here, here, here are these lyrics. I believe in the kingdom come. Then all the colors will bleed into one into one but yes i'm still running you broke the bonds and loosed the chains carried the cross of my shame of my shame you know i believe it but i still haven't found what i'm looking for and and that's the crux of faith like on the one hand you know i believe it on the other hand I still haven't found what I'm looking for. That's the tension between the kingdom that is already here that we see and experience and get glimpses of. And on the other hand, some days we just don't know. I mean, it's hidden. <laughs> it's hidden and we wonder, does it even exist and we struggle and we doubt and we are restless. And, and it just seems to be that this is how God operates. Often hidden, just beneath the surface. And if you're not looking, if you're not really paying attention, there's an excellent chance you will not notice. And the hard truth is sometimes even when you're really looking and you're really searching, sometimes you still may not notice. But the fact that you keep searching, 
fact that you show up to look again, to listen again, that bears evidence that there is one for whom to search. For whom to search. And in many ways, in many ways, this, this desire to search and to seek, it is evidence that we are a chip off the old block, or the, the more correct theological way to say that is we are made in the image of God. That's what I mean by chip off the old block. You see, part of what it means to be made in the image of God is that we are like this God who seeks and searches. This God who is like a merchant in search of us. The hound of heaven is searching for you because this God who created you, this God loves you and values you even when it doesn't feel that way, even when God seems to be absent, even when God seems to be distant, even when we veer off in the wrong direction, this God still loves you, still seeks you, continues to search high and low until you are found. Don't forget that. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother. Children of Almighty God, this God who seeks and searches for you with everything this God has. Bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. Amen.